0: They're not paying you any mind. (laughs) (laughs) That song uh, is a VBS song, and it reminds me of VBS that is really coming up just around the corner in just uh, basically like two months. And so uh, you'll see in your bulletins that there's a way for you to find out a little more information. We would love it if you would serve alongside of us. Uh, We normally have somewhere between 150 and 200 kids uh, for Vacation Bible School, so we're going to need your help. and uh, So any way that you can assist with that, if you'll let Colleen know in particular, that'd be awesome. So uh, I'm glad that you're here today. Josh and I are going to tag team, so I'm going to preach a little. He's going to preach a little. We're going to be here all afternoon. Does that sound good? All right. No, I'm just, I'm just kind of messing with you, but I want to take a minute. We're going to celebrate a couple of things this morning just before we uh, get into our message. And one of the things that, that I want to celebrate um, is our staff. Um, we, I don't do a good enough job of this, and um, it's sort of kind of that staff appreciation time, and so I'm going to ask if they would actually join me up here. If Kelly Richardson, who is our uh, worship leader, music director, come up here. Yeah, there you go. Give a shout out to him. Brian Sabah, if you'll come up. Brian is our student ministry director. And somewhere, Colleen Brandt is supposed to be in the room. Did she make it in the room yet? Not in the room yet. Colleen, if you're watching, uh, everybody turn around and wave to Colleen. She's maybe got the TV on back there. Um, but uh, Colleen didn't make it. And then Shelba Kessinger, Shelba, are you in the room? Shelba in the room? No Shelba either. And Elaine's gone. Nobody wanted to come today. All right, so you guys can have their gifts. Colleen Brandt, come on! Come on! Don't know Shelba, though. Okay, well, uh, we'll just divide up the gifts between the three of you then. No, I'm just kidding. But Elaine and Shelba, incredible office staff, guys. Most of you interact with them so much, and uh, they do such a fantastic job. Um, I know Elaine is kind of off today, she and Ken are in the midst of something which is incredible and I'm glad that she does that because she serves here so much, especially Elaine as she plays the piano, she accompanies the choir and so she is just incredibly busy just beyond office stuff and so I am so grateful for our staff and there's no way that we as a church could accomplish and do what we're able to do and accomplish without each of these and their families and so my heart says thank you to each of you and your families especially because I know it's a And the time that you guys spend and dedicate. So, we just have some gifts that we're going to give to you. I think there's Colleen's right there. Uh, there's just some stuff in there a book, some gift cards, um, a loaf of bread in case you get hungry during the service, and some <laughs> cookies. Uh, so, anyway, let's just give them a hand and say thank you. I'm trying to plug BBS too. So, yeah, absolutely. So as Colleen runs back over to make sure uh, the kids are safe, just that's who you need to see for Vacation Bible School. We would love it if you'd serve alongside of us. Uh, There's a little more that I'd like to celebrate, if you don't mind, if you have a a minute, and you kind of have a minute because you're stuck here with me for right now. Um, I, I, I forgot, I neglected last week to share this with you, and so I'm sort of... Uh, making that up today, because it is a really big deal to me that we had a mission team that returned from Costa Rica last Saturday, and so I know there's some of you in the room that went to Alaluita, Costa Rica, and if you were part of that team, would you just stand a minute? I just think that's a really big deal. Y'all went. There's a couple. Yes. Yeah. A, a, yes. Nancy over here. Thank you. Thank you. And and they almost, they, they succeeded in their trip, but they almost got the local pastor put in prison. So I'm not sure that we want to send this particular team again. But uh, no, they did an awesome job. I actually had the chance to meet with Pastor Miguel this past Friday, uh, and he was sharing with me about Uh, What Celebration Church in in Costa Rica is doing and they are doing an awesome job and your work down there, uh, just incredible and so I thank you for your service in that. Um, There's just so many good things that are happening at the church and um, I hope that you'll kind of get an idea of that. There's 11 people that tomorrow night are going to be equipped, that's our vision here, we're being equipped to reach the world for Christ one person at a time. I believe in relationships and I believe we're going to reach people through our relationships with them. And tomorrow night, we have 11 people that are going to be equipped um, to go to Michael C. Riley Elementary School. And they're going to offer the Good News Club through Child Evangelism Fellowship. And they're going to begin this Friday at Michael C. Riley, And they've already got, as of last Wednesday, they had 37 children signed up to go to the Good News Club on Friday. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. You're talking about kids who don't have to, that's not... requirement for school. They've signed up, they're going to be there, and we got a group that's going to uh, be there to serve them. So it's just exciting to see um, small groups and what's happening with some of our small groups. We've got a couple of groups that are partnering together that are going to kind of throw an end-of-the-year party at one of the local uh, apartment complexes, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, We've got other small groups that have said, they've told Josh, they didn't care what Josh said at one point, they just said, listen, we're going to keep meeting. I know you kind of put an end date on it, but we're going to keep meeting, and we're going to keep talking about what God's doing in our life and in our church and that's really exciting me I shared that with you at our vision summit that my dream and Josh's dream for small groups is that they would just take off and that they would just keep going and meeting and growing and building relationships with each other and that's really beginning to take place and that is so very exciting and ironically I walked up here and I don't have my bible will you hand me my bible please (laughs) thanks so anyway, there is so much good that's happening here. And, uh, and I hope that you understand that. And uh, that's part of the My Story piece, that, that uh, email address that we put in the bulletin. I hope that you'll share about how you're working and building relationships because we want to hear those stories. We want to be able to share those stories with other people about how you're influencing the world and you're reaching the world around you for Jesus Christ one person at a time. So if you have your Bibles, hopefully you do, turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And you're also going to be in Genesis chapter 11. And we're going to, man, I'm so excited to talk to you today about faith. I know it's something we probably should talk about often, but um, today we're going to look at the life of um, Abraham. Uh, We're going to start looking at it. And we're going to to be here talking about Abraham for for several weeks. So don't be discouraged if you miss a couple. There's opportunities for you to catch up online. But um, today in particular, we're going to be, be talking about one of the high points of his life. Now, I don't know about you, but in my spiritual life, I mean, we've got low points, too, and, and Abraham had those. In fact, most people in Scripture, when you look at them, they had a low point. There's something, I mean, they, you know, a lot of times we look at them and think, man, if I could just be like them, but we forget about the low points at times. And, and Abraham, is, his faith is talked about um, in Scripture, uh, more, in more than one place. I mean, in several books in the New Testament, um, different writers. I mean, Paul wrote about it. James wrote about it. The writer of Hebrews, who we don't know who the writer of Hebrews is, I mean, he wrote about Abraham and his faith. I mean, his faith stood out. And uh, in my life, a couple of years ago, one of my friends um, gave me this, this tile. And I know you may not be able to see it really well, and I could hold it a little closer, but I'm not sure that would help you. But it just in the middle of it, it says faith. And it's something for me in my life that um, it used to sit on my kitchen counter and it got really dirty and we put it away for a little bit and I knew where it was and I pulled it out and just kind of been thinking about this thing all week. And uh, Because it says, uh, believing in my heart, faith, and then it says, in full abandon, I trust Him. In full abandon, I trust Him. And I wonder sometimes if that's how you and I live our life. How you and I live our life in, in full, radical, reckless abandon that I believe in Jesus. I believe that God is who he said that he is. I believe he's going to accomplish what he said he's going to accomplish. And in full abandon, believing with all my heart, I'm going to follow that. And I'm going to walk and live by faith. You see, I'm convinced in our life, I know, um, at least in my life, and probably many of your lives, we've gotten to the place where a lot of times we, we know what's going on in our life. And see, we can sort of figure it out, right? Some of you are planners. Any of you like planners, like you plan out, the you have the entire week planned out before you right now. It's like you're crazy people. But a lot of folks are like that. They, they plan out the entire week, like they can't function without knowing exactly what they're going to do. But see, the reality of it is a lot of us are like that too. We may not go to that extreme, but, but we kind of do what we know, and we're comfortable with what we know. But see, the idea of faith, Faith is stepping out and doing something that you don't know the end result. Faith is stepping out and doing something that you're not, you're not even quite sure what will happen, but you're willing to say, I'm going to step out in faith. And you know what the greatest thing about it is, for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, is that we, we don't have to know because we know the one who does know. You see, there's other people in this world who step out in faith, but they don't really know. And not only do they know, but they don't know the one who does know, but we know the one who does know, and so it makes our faith even a more beautiful thing if you caught any of that. You need me to back up? We know the one who knows. And since we know the one who knows, it makes really our steps of faith that much easier to take. And so I want to talk to you today about faith. I want to talk to you from the the picture that we have of Abram, of Abraham, in in both Old and New Testament. So in Hebrews chapter 11, it tells us this, beginning in verse 8 of Abraham. By faith, he says, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. That might be the word you need to underline today. Seriously, I I know we, we talk about that, but maybe that's the word. Maybe that's the word that you need right now that is obeyed and, and because there's a way to get there and we're going to talk about that. It's sort of the big picture. But when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which was, he was to receive for an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. Not knowing where he was going. He obeyed. And see, this is the big picture for today. The idea is, is that faith paves the way to obedience. Faith Paves the way to obedience. Did you catch that in that verse? In verse eight, by faith, and Abraham believing and taking the step of faith, it paved the way for him to obey and to go when God told him to go. And so, it's the idea of um, you know when you pave something. I know you may not really pave things, but you know when we pave something in, in our in our culture, we're going somewhere, right? We're paving the way to somewhere. So. I live right in the midst of the construction on 278, right? The construction that some of you are driving through. And by the way, just so you know, the speed limit through that zone is 45. Okay? Some of you need to know that, okay? Stop honking your horn at me as I'm driving 45, okay? Just stop it. But the, we, we love it. I mean, that, that area right there, it's so, for, for me, it's fun because our kids see the, all the huge equipment that's out there, and they just think that's awesome. And then they're sort of watching as progress is being made. I know you don't think there's progress being made, and there's days that I don't think there's progress being made, and it sure doesn't look like anybody's working out there sometimes. I don't know if you feel that way. But my kids, I remember when they started bringing in all the sand Right, all the sand to kind of fill the in the area. My my, our middle boy, um, he kind of thought they were building a beach right there for him. He just kind of thought he was right building a beach right there. Uh, but then they, you know, they sprayed all the green stuff. So then it's like they planted a yard there for him. He thought that was really cool. But you know, progress gets made, and now they've started paving it. Right, and it, it's sort of inconvenient. But what's the reality? What's the big picture? Is they're paving their way to somewhere. They're trying to make it easier for people to get from out there, basically um, I-95, to Hilton Head Island. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it easier for people to get to Hilton Head Island. They're paving the way to Hilton Head Island. And it's so funny because for me, I, um, I get the chance to talk with different people in different places. And a lot of times I tell them that I'm the pastor of First Baptist Bluffton. sometimes I don't tell them I'm a pastor because that just is a whole other story someday. Sometimes I tell them I'm a teacher and that helps the conversation a little. But it's not that I'm not proud of it. It's just that people change when they know you're a pastor. They just change, but anyway, that's that's for another day. They are paving their way. So I always tell people I'm the pastor at First Baptist Bluffton, and they're like, "Well, where's that?" I'm like, "You know where Hilton Head Island is?" They're like, "Yeah, Um, we are the gateway to Hilton Head Island." That's the word. um, We are the gateway. They're paving a road through Bluffton to get to Hilton Head. Faith paves the way, guys faith paves the way to obedience. I don't know about you, but in my life, you, know, you, you try to figure out how do I obey, right? The Bible, is full of, the Bible is full of commands, right? I mean, it could start in the Ten Commandments, but there's all sorts of other things that the Bible tells us in Scripture. And we were reading it, and you ever wonder, like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to obey all of this stuff? And I'm here to tell you what I'm learning and what I find in Scripture is that faith believing that God is who he said that he is, that he's going to do what he said he's going to do, faith paves the way to obedience. If you want to walk a more obedient life, then I'm here to tell you, you've got to take these steps of faith you've got to get to the place where you believe that God is who he said that he is. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. And as you keep reminding yourself of that, and as you build that into your life and take these steps of faith, that will pave the way for you to live more obediently to God's commands in your life. That's what scripture is telling us in Hebrews 11. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, he went. By faith, verse 9, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. By faith, verse 11, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised. And it just goes on from there and talking about faith, 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 taking these steps, and as you take a step of faith, it paves that way for you to walk in obedience. Paves the way for you to walk in obedience. And, and that's so true in Abra- Abraham's life. And I'm going to go back and forth, and, and I apologize for this up front, but I'm going to Go Abram and Abraham, and I'll just get confused sometimes, so please bear with me as we go through. Turn with me to Genesis 11 as we talk through this. I want to back up a little bit, not jump right into chapter 12, but I want to just kind of give you an idea of, of Abraham's life. You see, in our life, I don't know your upbringing. Um, maybe you were born into a Christian home, and you had these incredibly godly parents, and, um, and God just uh, placed you there, and it was great and beautiful and right. I know that's my story Um, But that's not everybody's story and sometimes we look at stories and we think man if I just had that if I just had an example that was set to me by my parents if I just had um, this influence in my home growing up if I just and we think if I just had this if I just had this if I just had this but I want to tell you this that a lot of times when you look at people in scripture they didn't have that. They didn't have that. They didn't have the the rock star spiritual parents that maybe you've longed for or maybe you have. They didn't have that at times. And Abraham's one of those guys. Abraham's one of those guys. He did not have a legacy in his home, okay, of, of people walking with God who were trying to honor him and to please him and to walk But He didn't have that. In fact, in Joshua chapter 24, verse 2, if you maybe make a note, you don't need to turn there, but God, when he begins to talk to the Israelites um, at the end of the book of Joshua, God says, he tells them that Abraham's father and grandfather worshipped other gods. So he didn't have a legacy of like, they were worshipping Yahweh, that's the, one of the names used of God in the Old Testament, they didn't, they didn't have that in terms of he worshipped or had this amazing relationship with God, he didn't, he didn't watch his parents do that. But all of a sudden, it's like God shows up in Abram's life. All of a sudden, God shows up and calls him, and it's like, whoa, what's going on? So I want to back up in Genesis 11. I just want you to kind of get an idea here. Verse 20, um, let's go 27. Now these are the records of the generations of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran became the father of Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his birth, in Ur of the Chaldeans. Abram and Nahor took wives for themselves. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and Iscah. Sarai was barren. She had no child. Terah took Abram, if you're following this, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they all went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans in order to enter the land of Canaan. And they went as far as Haran and settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So basically, Terah, this guy, Abram's dad, gathers his, his, his immediate family. Okay? That's what he's doing. He, he, he begins the, 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 the journey. He gathers his family. They're going to leave Ur of the Chaldeans and their desire is to go from Ur of the Chaldeans to Canaan. That's, that's the journey. Okay, that's where um, Terah wants to take his family. They get as far as this other city. They never make it into um, Canaan. So they're there, and so they're, they're hanging out. And then it tells us in Genesis chapter 12 that God showed up. And I know that's a, a different way to say it, but that's really what happened when you, when you really dig down to it in Abraham's life. God showed up. God spoke to Abraham. He said this. Now, the Lord, God, said to Abraham, said to Abram, God showed up and he began speaking. I'm sure that that probably was a little freaky um, to Abram. I mean, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, just that audible voice of God. I mean, think about it. Really think about that for a minute. In the New Testament, when the angels appeared, what what do the angels usually say first? Don't be afraid. So if that's what the angels say, imagine how much more it is like when the voice of God shows up in your life. I mean, like with the angels, you're like terrified, and they're like, don't be afraid. The voice of God shows up. And I'm sure it was this interesting piece in Abram's life. But he, just, he doesn't introduce himself. He doesn't like, hey, let me tell you about who I am. You know, you've heard the story of Adam and Eve. Well, I created them. Okay, I created Adam and Eve, and I placed them in the garden, and they sinned, and and so then I kicked them out of the garden, and they had some kids, you know, uh, Cain and Abel, and Cain killed Abel. I mean, God didn't show up and introduce himself. God just showed up, and he began to give Abram some instruction, and he said this, Go forth from your country, and from your relatives, and from your father's house to the land Which I will show you. I mean, do you ever just want to scratch your head and go, what's this about? You see, in that verse, you you already have some conflict, by the way. You already have some conflict because uh, Abram is comfortable. Abram's, he knows his family. He's, he's actually pretty wealthy. You find uh, later in Scripture, I mean, Abraham's a wealthy guy, and he's comfortable, and he's got his family and all that kind of stuff, and they're tidy. I mean, they just journeyed um, from, from um, Ur of the Chaldeans, and they made it as far as Haran. And So, I mean, they're like this tight group of people now. And God shows up, and he, he begins to call them to do something different. And he says, you know, basically leave. Leave what you know, and, and by the way, I, go to the land that I'm going to show you. I'm not going to show you today. You're, you're going, it's going to be a step of faith. You're going to have to go out there, and I'm going to show you what you don't know right now, and you just got to follow me. You got to trust me. You got to take that step of faith. You see, the reality of it is faith, not only does it pave the way to obedience, but the reality in our life is that faith calls you to give up what you know, to give up the known for the unknown. Faith calls you to give up the known for the unknown. Friends, it's not, that's why it's called faith. You see, in our minds, we've conjured up that we know everything. And God, when we're saying you've got to walk by faith, he's calling us to give up what we already know for what is unknown. And maybe to put it another way that would translate a little better for us in our culture is he calls us to give up, you're not going to like this, but you need to write it down, He calls us to give up what's comfortable for what's uncomfortable. Did I say it slow enough? He calls us to give up what's comfortable for what's uncomfortable. You see, we're a comfortable people. Do you believe that? No, okay, you don't believe it. Well, let me just, let me say it. You're in a room right now that's, I don't know, 71, 72 degrees. Might feel a little warmer to some. Feels a little warmer than that to me. But um, it it feels a little warmer to some, a little cooler to others. But we, we strive, especially Kelly. Um, strives. He's, he's got the thermostat set so they come on, they get the temperature in the room to the right degree so that by the time you get here you're comfortable we didn't give you, um, years ago when we built this building, we didn't put wood pews in you know the old wood pews from like the late 1800's like they were built at a 90 degree You know, there's no that we didn't we didn't do that. We gave you nice padded pews for you to for to be cushioned. In fact, in fact, I told the first service this that two weeks ago it was so comfortable in this room that six of you fell asleep. I mean, unapologetically, you just you just fell asleep. I mean, some of you just sat there like this, just sleeping. You really that's how comfortable we've made it. You see, faith calls us to give up what's comfortable. For what's uncomfortable. Faith calls us to give up what's known, what we know, for what we don't know. And that makes us uneasy. In fact, a lot of times it just makes us not even want to take those steps of faith. But see, when God showed up to Abraham, he said, Listen, big guy. You gotta give it up. Listen, you've got to leave your father's house. You gotta leave your relatives. You gotta leave your country. You gotta leave your securities. And oh, by the way, I want you to follow me, but I'm not even gonna show you where. I'm not even gonna pinpoint the place for you. I'm just telling you to pack up and go. What's God telling you? You see, in our life, we've gotten to the place where we, we, we've got it figured out, and we've got it planned out, and because we do, we're, we're not willing to take steps of faith. We're not willing to take steps of faith in following God, but faith is calling us to give up the known for the unknown, to give up the comfortable for the uncomfortable. I mean, listen to what he says. I mean, give it up, he says, verse 2, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and so, shall, and so you shall be a blessing. Those are great promises, but guess what? They're not going to happen unless you take the step of faith. Abram, I'm calling you out. Come with me and if you will do this, I'm going to do all these things for you and I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. I mean, you, you see what the picture is. Abram, if you do this, I'm going to do all these things for you. Take this step of faith. And for us in our life, now he made, those are not promises, by the way, for you. It's not like if you go this, that you're going to become the ruler of a great nation. And you're, and don't try to make these promises your promises. But what I am saying is, when you begin to take these steps of faith, there are promises in Scripture that are for us that will require you to take a step of faith. The, the, the promise of, and my God shall supply all your needs, okay, the verse that some of you throw out there completely out of context, right? There, there's a context to that. The context, we've gone over this before, but the context is um, the church at Philippi had given sacrificially to support the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and God in response, or Paul in response to that says, my God will supply all your needs, It's not a blanket um, promise for all of you, like, um, handle your money however you want, and God will supply all your needs. It's not a blanket promise of go and play the lottery and spend all that you have, and then come back and say, my God's going to supply all your needs. He may, but it's not a promise you can claim. He may still come through for you, but that's called grace. That's not something you take to the bank, But you see, the reality of it is in our life, we've got to get to the place where we understand these things and we're willing to take those steps of faith that God is calling us to, to give up the known for the unknown. And so what's Abraham do? Abraham does what God told him to do. Point number two, faith requires you to take action. Faith requires you to take action. So Abram, verse 4, went forth as the lord had spoken to him and lot went with him now abram was 75 years old when he departed from haran abram took sarai his wife and lot his nephew and all their possessions which they had accumulated and the persons which they had acquired in haran and they set out for the land of canaan thus they came to the land of canaan abram passed through the land as far as the site of shechem to the oak of morah now the Canaanite was then in the land. So what did he do? He began to take steps of faith. Do you see what he did? Faith requires you to take action. Faith, let me say it, faith is not passive. Faith is active. Faith doesn't call you to sit and soak in the pews of a church. Faith calls you to take action. It does. It's not passive. It's not time to sit and just wait. It's time to go. It's time to get after what God is calling us to do as a people. Faith is active, but it also requires us in our life to take one step at a time. You see, a lot of times you want to dive off the cliff, and and sometimes I'm like that, and sometimes I'm a little more reserved than that, but you want the kind of faith that says, I'm willing to jump off the cliff, and I want to say, just hold on a second, and just get to the place where you will take one step of faith at a time. One step of faith at a time. You don't have to jump off the cliff. Jumping off the cliff makes people really, really nervous, and sometimes it's not safe. But taking one step of faith at a time is, will help to grow your faith. I know for me, I, I, remember, I remember when I was in college, I went rappelling uh, down a mountain for the first time. Cliff, anybody, anybody done that before in their life? Gone rappelling? It's um, not very many. We should have set up a little wall outside. That would have been really cool. We could have done it after church today. Make a middle note of that, Josh. We'll do that next time. Um, but when you go rappelling, you know, they strap you in a harness and they, you've got, you're tied to ropes and all this kind of stuff, but there comes a point. I'm not, I should have tied in because I could just kind of rappel down there. But there comes a point where you're like holding on. You're on the edge of the cliff. You're holding on to the rope here. You're holding on to the rope back here so it doesn't move. You've got to trust the guy down below you, and you've got to trust the rope is tied to a big enough tree or whatever it's tied to that it's going to hold you. But there comes a point where you're like right on the edge, and you're not sure that you're going to push off, but you gotta, you got to kind of push off there, and you got to push yourself out and let go. Otherwise, you're just going to be a swing, and you're just going to kind of swing there. But you got to push out and let go and drop and catch yourself. And push out and drop and catch yourself. And it's one little step at a time. And, friends, that's what faith is like. Faith is active, but it means that you just need to take one step at a time, one step of faith. You don't have to go, like, all in with it. Just take one step at a time. Maybe, maybe that's you today, and you've got these things that you know God's been pressing in on you, and, and, and for you, you've got to sit there and you've got to begin to think, I've got to take one step of faith today. What's my step of faith? What is it that God would call you to do today that would, would, would be a step of faith? And a step of faith means like you don't know the outcome, like you, you don't know what would happen when you take that step of faith, but you're willing to go out there and you're willing to take that step of faith. Abraham just started with steps of faith. What's it tell us in Scripture? So what? So he took Sarai, his wife. He took Lot. He took all the possessions he accumulated. He took all of the servants that he had accumulated in Haran. This isn't like all of a sudden he just busted through and started going. I mean, this was a process. I'm sure there was a conversation that took place with the people that were his servants. I'm sure it required him to kind of pack up all of his stuff and get it situated so that they could travel and they could move and they could be mobile. There were steps that were in place in order for Abram to be obedient to what God had called him to do. Friends, we as a people, if you believe Scripture, we have been called to make disciples. We have been called to impact the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it requires us to take steps of faith. It requires us sometimes to trade what's known for the unknown. It requires us to trade what's comfortable for what's uncomfortable. It requires us to take a step of faith to introduce ourselves to our neighbors or to introduce ourselves to the person who's waiting on us at a local restaurant that you might go to all of the time. It requires us to treat those who work for us the way that Jesus would want us to treat them. It, and those are all, friends, those are all steps of faith. I think of, uh, you, you know, I think of the organization Chick-fil-A, right? The step of faith to not be open on Sundays. I mean, that's a step of faith. I mean, m- many of you don't know that whole story, but I mean, like for every mall that they're in and they're not open on Sunday, they, they have to pay like a fine for that. That's not something that, that, that's something that comes at a cost, but they're saying, we're willing to take a step of faith. We believe in this enough. And friends, what are the things in your life that are requiring you that God's calling you to take one step of faith, one act of obedience? And it's going to start with the step of faith, believing that God is who he says that he is, that he's going to do what he said he's going to do, and I'm willing to take a step towards that, believing that God is going to accomplish his work in me. Little steps of faith are paving the way to a life of obedience i mean this is true friends with your finances some of you don't give one cent um, to the local church and i'm not here to ask you for your money beg you for your money god god has met um, our needs exceedingly and abundantly for years and years and years and he will continue to do so but some of you need to take a step of faith. And I know you're, you're sitting there going, well, if Scripture teaches 10%, I can't give 10%. Okay, so don't. Don't. And I know some, some people are like, you can't say that. I know, I know. Don't. But see, some people don't give anything because they think I can't give 10%. I would say just give something. Start to give something systematically to the church. Because something's better than nothing And Scripture in the New Testament tells us that you're going to reap what you sow, and if you reap sparingly, then you will sow sparingly. But listen, reaping sparingly and sowing sparingly is better than reaping nothing because you sowed nothing. So some of you need to take a step of faith and just go, I I need to start giving something. Give something. Some of you have a neighbor that you've, you've known for some time and you've never intentionally tried to build a relationship with them to influence them with the gospel of Jesus Christ some of you go to the same restaurant and you have the same server waiting on you every day or every week and you know their name and they know what's going on with you but you've never taken the step of faith to engage them with the gospel of Jesus Christ what's your step of faith some of you are in a marriage that's crumbling and falling apart Men, Scripture has called you to love your wives as Christ loved the church, and you may have failed miserably with that in the past, but maybe today your step of faith is to say, I've got to change. And Scripture told me to do it. I don't know the outcome, but I will take a step of faith to love my wife the way that Jesus loved the church. Women, wives, maybe you're in, that, in, in a horrible marriage as well. And you're going to take the step of faith to say, I'm going to live and respect my husband. I'm going to live and I'm going to submit to my husband because that's what Jesus told me to do. And I'm willing to take a step of faith, believing that God's going to take care of the outcome. Because it's not yours to take care of it's his to take care of what for you today is your step of faith faith requires action and as as believers we've gotten so comfortable in our relationship with god in particular that we're not willing to do anything uncomfortable. We've gotten so comfortable and so passive that our faith is not living, our faith is not active. And when we read the book of James and he says, your faith and your works, they do go together. Show me your faith and I'll show you what I believe by what I do. And we've separated those two things. I said that a couple of weeks ago. We've gotten so comfortable that our faith is passive. Our faith is something that we used to talk about when it's supposed to be something that we live out. Abram, in his life, if, as we go through this, he doesn't, he's not going to look back and go, well, you remember when I did this? You remember when I did this? I mean, his life is full of these ups and downs, successes and failures, some great and amazing steps of faith, and some absolute failures that he repeated as well. And it's one of those pieces where when you look at it, you realize it's just a step of faith, but your faith is active, and you can't just keep living on your past faith. It's growing. It's it's alive, not dead. It's active, not passive. It's moving, it's growing, it's increasing. All of those things. And as you take steps of faith that are paving the way to obedience and you're growing in that, it's gonna pave the way for you to be more obedient. It's gonna pave the way for you to take greater and larger leaps and steps of faith in your life. So take the one. Take the one. Whatever that one is for you, take the one. Last thing, this is one of the things I love about this passage of Scripture as I've dug into it, is that faith leads you to a deeper relationship with God. Faith leads you to a deeper relationship with God. It's one of those things that when you, when you look at it kind of on the surface— you you may not necessarily pick up on it. But as you take steps of faith, that one step of faith is saying, God, I trust you. The second step of faith is saying, God, I trust you more. I trust you more. I trust you more. And, And so what's that doing? That's leading you into this deeper trusting of God, this deeper relationship that you have with him to say, God, you've got this. God, you've got this. It's okay, and I'm going to rest in you, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to stop trying to do it myself. But it leads you into a deeper relationship with God. Check out what happens with, with Abram. I love this. This is so good. So uh, we left off at verse 6. He's, 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 he packed up his stuff. He starts going. And he winds up in the land of Canaan, the Canaanites, who are, um, if you read much of the Old Testament, you realize they're, they're not a really nice people. Okay? The, the Canaanites aren't a really nice people. And, uh, but he winds up in the land of Canaan. And, and from what you can tell, it's not like God's been leading him a whole lot in this. If you really, if you just read just straight through what Genesis 12 is telling you, it just says he packed up his stuff, he started journeying, but then it was like this is what happens in verse 7, um, because in verse 6 he passed through, he's in uh, the site of Shechem to the oak of Morah, and now the Canaanite was then in the land. And then it says this. I love it. Ready? You Ready? Ready? Wake up. Thank you. The Lord appeared to Abram. I love it. I I just think that is so cool. Because here's a guy, you you know, we think like God's directing him like every step. It's like, okay, that's one step. Good job, Abram. Keep going. Next step. Good job, Abram. Keep going. But that's not really what you see from the text. From the text, what you see is he packed. God told him to go and he went. And then God showed back up to him. And this is what God appeared to him and and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. So it's like he got to this place in Shechem by this big oak tree at Morah. That's so what scripture tells us. And God showed up and he said, this is the land I'm going to give you. Wow. You see, I believe faith takes us into a deeper relationship with God. And, 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 and I'll show you why in, in a second, but I just think it's so neat that here he was, he was just being obedient. He was just going. He'd packed up and he went and he's got his stuff and it's there and whatever. And it's like, then God shows up and he says, hey, hey, Abram, Abram, that's the land that's the land that I'm going to give you, right there. There it is. There it is. So you know what he does? This is so cool. Sometimes I wish we could live in the Old Testament. He built an altar. I love that. Because I I just think, I think we're too Baptist and too reserved in the way we have a relationship with God. And, And I just, I could imagine, okay, this isn't like Abram's like Mr. Reverend, and like, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, it's one of the only times you'll ever hear me sort of sing in church. He, he builds an altar. And I mean, I don't know what they put on that altar, but I mean, they got after it. That's, that's, I mean, that's my interpretation. I know it is. But I mean, you've got to understand that this is, this is Abram, These are all of the people in his household. This is his wife and his nephew. And God spoke. God showed up and God said, this is the land that I'm going to give to your descendants. And man, they got after. They built an altar and they put something on the altar and fire and they built a fire and it's burning up the sacrifice. And I I mean, I don't know what they did around the altar. I mean, maybe they did sit there and sing old Gregorian chants. I don't really know, but I mean, they got after it. They got after it. They got after God. That's one of the things I love about building an altar because I believe it's a picture of you went after him. You went after him. God showed up, and and it's not like, okay, well, that's really cool. No, no, it's not just to say, no, that's really cool. I mean, they built an altar. They responded to the movement of God, to the voice of God, to the word of God, and they got after it and built an altar and put a sacrifice down, and they consumed with fire, and it was awesome. And in our life, as you take steps of faith, man, it will feed and it will build and it will take you into a deeper relationship with God. I'm telling you, friends, you got to get after God. I know that does not that's not the very respectful and reverent thing to say, but I'm telling you what, friends, you've got to get after him because he has already spoken in his word. He has already given us commands. He has already given us a mission, and it's time for us to get after him. You want me to prove it to you? This is what happens next. So he built an altar and then proceeded. You see, a lot of us will stop with the altar and like, hey, cool, this is our land, and uh, we just stay. No. Abram, it's not staying. He, they got after it. They had some worship. Maybe, I don't know how long they were there, but then what they do? Then they, just kind of, they, they kept on the journey. Then he proceeded from there to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, and there, listen to what happens now. This, it's a little different. I'm telling you, you've got to get after it. You've got to pursue God. That's what I mean by this. You've got to pursue him. You've got to take steps of faith. God's not just going to grow your faith. You've got to take steps. You've got to get after him. You remember the verse in, in, in the New Testament, draw near to God and he will draw near to you? That's what we're talking about. My paraphrase is get after him and he'll get after you. Maybe that's my paraphrase. But get after him. Because what happens? They, they got after him and then they proceeded to pack up and then they went. And then what happens? They get to this other place and it's like, let's build an altar. And now you know what they did? You see, it, it, initially they, they waited. They, they were kind of there. They were moving. They, were, they waited for God to show up. Now it's like they're getting after it. Now they built an altar and then he called on the name of the Lord. That's what I love about this. Talk about your faith leading you or leads you into a deeper relationship with God. He proceeded to Bethel, pitched his tent with Bethel on the west, Ai on the east, and he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. He got after it. He got after God. He's like, man, that's, God showed up, we build an altar. When well, we kept journeying, you know what? Then we build another altar, and we're getting after it. We're pursuing God, and we're going to take these steps of faith. And in, those, in that taking steps of faith, God's going to grow me, and he's going to lead me to a deeper relationship with God. And then I'm going to take bigger steps of faith, and bigger steps of faith, and bigger steps of faith. You see, Abram doesn't get to the place where he's a blessing to the nations without taking the first step of obedience and then the second step of obedience, and then the third step of obedience, and then the fourth step of obedience. And friends, in your life, you've got to begin by taking one step, whatever it is, one step of obedience, and get after your relationship with God. Get after it. What are you waiting for? You waiting for him to show up? I know some of you are. It's like, well, Jesus is coming back one day. Hey, listen, Paul was waiting for that like 2,000 years ago. I'm not sure we... I know everybody says, well, the time is near. Guess what? They said that in the New Testament as well. It could be any day now, people would say. The Thessalonians stopped working because they were waiting for Jesus. You got to get after them. And you got to take some steps of faith to say, I'm going to do something... I'm going to take the, God, I believe you. I I believe you. I'm taking a step of faith. God, I I trust you. I'm taking this step of faith. I'm going to influence this person with the gospel. God, you told me. Uh, Whatever it was, whatever it is, I'm going to take a step of faith. God, you told me not to gossip, so I'm not going to gossip. I'm just going to take a step of faith and believe that you're going to take care of it. God, you told me not to have sex before marriage, and so I'm going to take this step of faith, and I'm not going to have sex before marriage. God, you told me not to cheat on my husband or my wife, so, God, I'm going to take this step of faith, and I'm not going to do it. God, you told me to be the light of the world, and I'm going to take a step of faith, and I'm going to be the light of the world. I'm going to be different. I'm going to live differently because I'm going to take a step of faith. God, you told me to take the gospel to the nations, so I'm going to be somebody who takes the gospel to the nations, but friends, we got to get after it. Take a step of faith. I don't know what it is for you today. I know what it's become for me today. God made it very clear to me in the first service. And it's a person that's in my life that I have not been intentional enough with building a relationship to reach him with the gospel. And there's a name with it. There's a face with it. I know where. And and God has made it abundantly clear that that's my step of faith this week. That's it. To build, to begin building a relationship, to influence this man with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's my step of faith. And I pray that I'll be able to to write an email this week to my story at firstbaptistbluffton.org and to say, I did this. This was my step of faith. I don't know what your step of faith is. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's just a a lifestyle change that you need to make. Maybe today it's a giving piece and you've never given a dime to God and you need to give something. And I'll tell you, there's some offering plates sprinkled around front and if you gotta come forward and throw something in there, great, awesome. Take that step of faith. Take one step this week. That's all I'm asking. That's, That's my challenge for all of us this week is just take one step of faith. One step of faith because I believe faith paves the way to obedience because I believe that faith uh, leads you into a deeper relationship with God because I believe that faith is active, not passive, because I believe um, um, that you trade what you know for you don't know and you trade what's comfortable for uncomfortable because that's what faith is all about. So I'm saying take one step. Whatever that step is, take one step of faith and then here's my other challenge to you. Tell somebody. Tell somebody what that step of faith is. Tell somebody. For some of you, I know first service lady came up to me. She says, that message was just for me. I'm struggling with something in my job and and God is making it abundantly clear what I'm supposed to do, but I'm scared. Yeah, we all are. One step. And then another step. And then another step. And then another step. What's your one step of faith that you're willing to take this week and find somebody. Before you leave this campus today, you find somebody and tell them what that step is. If you're in a small group and your small group meets this week, then tell your small group what your step of faith is. Be bold and get after your relationship with God. Get after it. Let's pray together. Father, we, oh God, we are messed up people. So Father, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, I know that my, mine has a name today. And his name's Bill. God, there's other people in this room. Their step of faith is a name. God, there's some people in this room whose step of faith has to do with finances or a job or or just, just an act of obedience. God, the step of faith is to say, I believe you, God. I believe you, and so I'm taking a step. So God, my prayer in this room is that you would make it abundantly clear and you would not leave us alone. That you would be relentless in your pursuit of us. God, that you would pursue us. And God, that you would give each of us a picture of what is this step of faith that you're calling us to take this week. And Father, I pray that throughout this week that you would give us the boldness to take that step. To take that one step. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask if you would to stand, and we're going to...